welcome to Architecture Talk Tang. I am Sara Colada, an architect and organizer of the Disrupt Symposium, the first of its kind business of architecture event, bringing to stage major architecture practices to cover topics related to entrepreneurship and practice operations within the AEC industry. I am an architecture business development consultant and my goal is to raise the financial well-being of architects through effortless business growth. Each podcast episode features an expert or thought leader from the AEC industry who shares their journey, challenges and advice. Now, let's dive into this episode and welcome our guest for an exclusive interview. Okay, brilliant. Hello, guys. This is Sarkolato of Architecture Talk Tang. Uh, really excited. I have Beck, Beck Kempster with me today. And Beck is uh, an acquaintance. I guess we connected um, over LinkedIn. Um, I already had uh, her business partner uh, with me before from ArcBiz. And we talked a little bit about the mindset of architects and uh, how to have like a really good mindset for architecture. And today I'm really excited because we're going to talk a little bit about further education uh, for architecture, alternative ways of education, which is very relevant to my, um, my research. And I'm really excited to have again Archibase with me as a guest. So thank you, Beck, for uh, accepting to come to this um, to this show as a guest. And would you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your mission and and the work that you do with Archibase? Of course. Thanks for having me, Sarah. It's a, a real pleasure to be a part of the talk series that you run. I, I've watched quite a few of them and I'm, I'm very impressed and it's a very high calibre of people that you interview. So I feel quite uh, privileged to be a part of it. Thank you. So I'm the CEO of Archibiz. We provide business education and mentoring to architects who are practice leaders and owners. Uh, we've been doing this for two years now. Uh, and we do that fundamentally through our Designing Architectural Practice Success course. We call it DAPS for short because it is quite a mouthful uh, and we provide mentoring services as well. And it's really about, we've recognised that uh, architects don't get a lot of education around business, particularly at design school, even though they do so much schooling. It is, you know, quite a gruelling uh, course that they go through and there there is a bit of a lack of knowledge of, of business and uh what we do is try to make that easier for architects so that they can be successful at what they do and, and do the great design work that they want to do as well. Absolutely. And diving right into it with the, with this question, honestly, it is kind of a stereotype when we talk about the fact that architects lack in business education. Uh, but I think maybe a lot of architects might ask, why would I need it particularly, especially if I work for a practice? So of course, it very much determines like our path we take in life very much determines how much we need it. Uh, but I'm sure that from your experience of working with architecture practice and different types of architects on their journey, you can tell a little bit more about the different reasons why it would be great for architects to actually get business background and education. Yeah, absolutely, Sarah. Look, I think the AEC industry is great at ongoing training. Uh, you know, they do a really good job through the mandated CPD requirements that a lot of the architecture bodies 
the national architecture bodies like REBA and AIA and the like uh, govern. And I think that's really impressive and, and something that's frankly quite enviable. Uh, you know, you don't see that going on in a lot of industries and, and it's quite a shame. So they do a great job and there's this great culture that exists around continual training. However, a lot of that training is really about how to improve being the architect as a, as a technician. It's that technician mindset. How do we improve skills around design and documentation and project delivery and that sort of thing? Uh, and what is lacking or is there is it quite a small component traditionally dedicated to what they term practice management? It's not even called business. And I think that there alone talks to the mindset that the um the, the design community have towards business. So, uh, you know, that's why it's really important. It, it's great to be a highly experienced and expert technician. However, if we have all this wisdom that's locked up and uh, architects don't have the opportunities to actually put it into practice, then we're all missing out. You know, I think it's fair to say that architects are, are very passionate people. Um, you know, it's a vocation they put a lot of time into studying. Um, and many of them opt to run their own business because they want to see their design values realised. But deliver, running a business requires a lot more than just, you know, delivering on a project. It's about managing people. Uh, it's about being able to pay those people and other suppliers. It's about even being able to land those projects in the first place. Um, and it's we've seen too many great architects fail in business and it's not their fault. It, you, they're just not taught um, a better way to do business. So I think for us and, and what I'm really passionate about, you know, is this, the challenges that we face as a, a planet that's fast approaching 10 billion people, you know, there's challenges around food and water security, around uh, global warming, I refuse to call it climate change, uh, and, you know, health. I'd take the COVID pandemic last year, that's a classic example. You know, we need architects to help us solve some of these great challenges. Um, and we need their collective wisdom. And if Joe Blow, who's, you know, building a new home down the road, chooses a kit home rather than understanding the value an architect can offer, you know, in energy efficiency and cost savings in the long run from that build, then we all lose out. So, you know, I, I'm really a, a big advocate for architects that are leading a practice or want to lead their own practice to, you know, invest in business education. So I'm curious to find out what impact have you seen on your students and clients from the business education that you've been given over the years? Yeah, a great question, Sarah. I think a lot of what we see come out or the, the main benefit is an uplift in confidence. And it's a confidence that they can, that in, in the practice and that they can deliver. So, uh, you know, a lot of it comes from just having clarity of vision and, and having everyone on the same page to deliver on that vision. Uh, clients buy confidence. We had a great example last week of a client who told us that they won a $23 million contract. It was a commercial contract. Uh, they finished the course last year and before this contract win, they hadn't had a contract above $10 million. So that's a huge leap. You know, it's a, it's a game changer, $23 million contract for their practice. So it, and, and for them, they put it back to just being confident to, to go out and pitch on that job, to, to be confident that they could deliver on what was being asked of them. So, you know, I think that's a really great example. Um, 
it can be harder to attribute financial performance to, you know, what we do at times. Uh, that being said, we do have a client who finished the course in 2019 and he's seeing 50% return on profit year on year, uh, which is impressive. Um, and I think, you know, as far as financial performance goes, we often see it's the profit metric that improves first before revenue uh, because people become more efficient in how they do business and they really see uh, profit gains in that alone. I've been really fortunate this week because I've spent some time capturing case studies with three of our clients who did the course more than 12 months ago, just to go back and see, okay, well, where are they at now? And uh, I've heard some great stories. Um, for one of our clients, she said that, you know, it really enabled them to revise their fee structure, which gave them flexibility to grow their practice. And they also reorganised the business roles as a result of doing the course, which meant that they've now empowered uh, the younger people in the practice to come through as leaders, which ultimately for the director means that she's freed up to work on what she wants to work on and not, you know, be running, touching every point in the business. So um, that was really exciting to her. And for another one of our clients who's been in business for more than 20 years running a practice, for him, it was really simple. He said it was understanding the finances better. So although he'd been doing business for so long, he said, uh, as architects, we tend to overcomplicate things. And I think that accountants are also equally guilty of that. So put the two together and it's, it's not, a, not a pretty sight. So he said that they had a lot more power of insight as a result of simplifying their financial reports, as a result of doing the course, you know, we provide lots of templates around how you can set up your KPIs and your financial reporting systems. So for him, that was a huge win. Um, for me personally, I get great joy when I see those moments when we're in Q&A or group calls and the penny drops with people. I remember once a client understanding that uh, she was separate from her business, that they weren't one and the same and she sketched up this diagram you could just see it in her face you know undergoing this this transformation so that's the really powerful stuff you know for another client uh, there were a couple uh, and it dawned on them in our marketing module that they weren't the client so they had been marketing to people like them whereas that wasn't who their client was so for them, it was like, oh, okay, now we understand. Now we can create personas and we know who we want to address. And they were having a joke about how it meant they were probably going to have to go and do some yoga classes in order to, to get in contact with their, with their ideal clients. So um, it's that sort of stuff that's really exciting when you see the transformation happen in front of your eyes. Um, it's really, it's affirmation of what, what we're doing, that it's working. And for me, as a fellow business leader, it's actually really inspiring. I learn not just from what Ray teaches every time I watch the lessons, but I learn from the group and what they all have to say and how they're doing things in their business. And yeah, it's, it's really exciting. Architecture Talk Tank is sponsored by the good people at Integrated Projects, a team of architects and technologists focused on the digitalization of the built environment. Did you know that there are more existing buildings in this world than websites? Yet only 0.0001% have been digitized. In response to this, the Integrated Projects team launched BIMIT to digitize any space imaginable. Offices, homes, mechanical spaces, you name it. 
Now any architect, engineers or reality capture specialists can convert their 3D scan into LOD 200 BIM just in hours, not weeks or months. Why does this matter? Well, now we can accurately view, verify and quantify the spaces that we design, build and operate. To learn more about BIMID, visit www.integrated-projects.com forward slash Colada. Amazing. Well done. Great work as well. I'm curious to know how, how do you find COVID affecting basically the demand for business education within architecture? Yeah, I think the, uh, the numbers say it all. I, you know, I was reading that global venture capital investment into the ed tech sector has doubled in the past 12 months. So it's now sitting at 16 billion, which is huge, biggest it's ever been, um, which is, I think, really exciting. And, and it's, it's, been a time for business leaders to become aware that they need to work on their business rather than in their business. So, you know, that means rather than sitting there working through your to-do list every day and ticking off jobs and checking projects before they go out the door and, you know, meeting with clients, it's about allocating that time to to do the strategy, to be clear on the vision, to work through, you know, what you want to achieve and and you know, what your marketing strategy looks like, for example. So um, that isn't entirely what being a business leader requires, but you, there does need to be a strong element of that. Um, and I think we're seeing architects realise that, um, you know, and I think business leaders across the board are realising that. I think applications in the US to business schools have increased by 20% in the last year and for Europe it's 24% increase. And I think a lot of it comes back to the perceived barriers for online education dropping. So, and I say perceived because I don't think they were actual barriers prior to COVID. I think it was this perception that um, learning online isn't quite the real deal. Maybe it's second rate. Uh, yeah. And I think we've seen that. Has that been your experience? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that there's been um, definitely this whole uh, race of um, online education with the MOOC system, which kind of didn't prove to be that um, useful at the time when it all emerged, which was about 10 years ago. And I think that people learned a lot of lessons from that, a lot of negative lessons. Uh, but I think that with time and also the race of, first of all, a need actually for for this kind of education, and also for the way that it solves problems for people as well and how it makes life easier. Um, there is a reinvention almost of architecture education and generally education online. And we see that work more and more so in other industries. Like, for example, a lot of business courses went online. A lot of universities started to create online courses. Uh, and a lot of more and more private businesses are actually using that as a business model today. And we see that work and it works really well. And it doesn't really define the price of a course. It doesn't define um, like basically how many people you can get through the door because um, there is a lot of examples out there also by private Udemy teachers that have made millions on selling simple courses, like for example, an AutoCAD for beginners and things like that. And so I think that uh, 
it really there is a lot of examples out there of this model working and not only working well for facing the demand but also working well for the actual businesses and you know i think it's really important to realize that one of the reasons why for example institutions such as you know uh ucl or uh, in london or maybe um Harvard even create online courses is really just as simple as lead generation. If you get people to take an online course in a certain topic, which is like a mini version, and they really enjoy it and they interact with the uh, instructors, they might get interested to sign up for the full experience, which is the full degree. And so a lot of times we don't realize really what's the like intention behind why people do that, like why big institutions do that. But when you do realize the intention, you realize also that it's a working model that more and more institutions and private businesses are using because it's a great lead generation, because it brings clients through the door, and also because it is actually um, facing the demand. There is a, re a need for it, and it is just a product that faces that need within the community. So I think that overall, in the next 10, the last 10 years, um, the idea of what online education is and the models have shifted and changed a, a little bit. And from the initial MOOCs that came out, we really evolved right now to really kind of uh, like a well-functioning business models that, that work. And there is a lot of example for it to work. And I think that this is why the topic of talking about is relevant. This is also why I host this platform because it's really to realize that what didn't work in the past doesn't mean that it doesn't work now or will not work in the future. Like we're constantly evolving and digital transformation is really taking place in every single part of our lives. Because as we close our computers and we finish with the work for the day, we then move on to our phone and we interact with people using all these apps and all these different social media places. So after all, <clears throat> we didn't really disconnect from technology we just moved into uh this other sector of like oh okay well now we're using it for social so all in all i think that there is a huge um yeah a huge potential in that and i think that it has the power to like reinvent the way we we teach and we also learn not only to become architects but also to take that education further you know into the future so substitute for certain experiences perhaps that we may not be um, directly getting from education today, from, from traditional education today, but also just like, uh, yeah, getting, for example, business education, which is something that your service, your business provides. Uh, and I think it's extremely relevant and needed and definitely faces the demand within the industry. This episode of Architecture Talk Tank is brought to you by the MGS Global Group a team that provides on-demand CAD and BIM drafting, as well as renderings for architecture firms. In today's environment, with everyone experiencing a surge in projects and staffing challenges, MGS Global can deliver your drawings on time and within your budget. So why work with MGS Global? Their customer service is exceptional and they provide quality for value. They have completed over 5,000 projects worldwide, a testament to their work. Now you can focus on design and let MGS do the rest. Check them out at www.mgsglobalgroup.com. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's a really interesting point about how the models have changed um, that you raise. I, 
we're really seeing that come through and you know some of the other uh, education providers that we associate with that provide to the architecture industry you know have taken their businesses all online as a result of it i mean the, some of the major associations and, and and bodies that govern architecture as well you know you've seen them move online conferences move online obviously um brian from arkmark and nikita did a great conference last year that you know that, that was probably something that wouldn't have happened had it been you know, a virtual or physical conference. So I think we're seeing new opportunity. And at the end of the day, it means that education materials become more accessible to all. And the advent, I think, we've seen huge leaps in the technology as a result of what we've been through last year. You know, Google Hangouts, Zoom, they've all improved and it's become okay. I no management consultants who used to travel from Melbourne to Europe for one meeting just to put in FaceTime with a client and that's not sustainable behaviour. So I think now the acceptance of communicating face-to-face -face but via video, whilst it's not exactly the same as face-to-face, -face, there's no handshake, not that we handshake anymore, um, you know, and maybe there's a little bit less of the the chit chat that goes on, it, it, it is certainly a good substitute. Absolutely. And I really believe that, um, you know, when we talk about this uh, topic of like reinventing the model of education online, I think that as an example, for example, your program, um, people, when, when they think about online education, they just think that they're going to get access to an online course like on Udemy and that's it. But no, there is a lot of mentorship available. There is a lot of workshops. You work also with other members of the of the program, right? Other students or uh, clients are also taking part in it. And so you can learn from one another. You can obviously get one-on-one attention from the mentors. And, and it's, it's just like a whole encompassing experience, which doesn't just limit, it's not just limited to watching series of videos on a topic Absolutely. of business, for example. So I think that that's one part which is really relevant is that kind of mentorship that you, you have available today online by businesses such as Archibiz, um, which really completely reinvents the model of like adult education and takes it to the next level. Because here you really have a possibility to look deeper into the problems that you're facing particularly, for example, in your everyday life, in your business related to your clients and actually break them down and understand what is the cause for, of that happening and how can you tackle that? So it's more of a personal touch to these kind of programs. And I think that this is why they are extremely relevant and they might in some ways also give more value than traditional education because you get that mentorship that coaching which is relevant to your experience within the practice of architecture that you are right now immersed in so it's not hypothetically le learning a craft it's not like what's where you're at school you learn how to design but you don't have actually a real life scenario that you're dealing with it's all hypothetical it's all like what if scenarios or even visions are, that completely are um you know disrelevant to reality and are very utopian um which is great because it develops your ability to, to problem solve and to be creative and visionary. But when you go to real life, that's really where you have to face things such as how do you how do you run your accounting? How do you run a team? How do you, you know, stay in a position of a leader? Or even when you work for someone and you want to get a pay raise or a, 
you know, a, a better um, position, maybe more responsibility, you have to prove yourself on so many different levels, you know, not just as a great drafter and technician or, or even, you know, a visionary architect, but also in this, this levels that really are very business related, like team building, like, uh, yeah, like basically leadership decision-making and all these things. So I think um, the aspect of really being able to access that mentorship online is something that, uh, that is just irreplaceable because it's extremely relevant to your everyday scenario. And this is why I really support programs like this. And I think that there is a huge potential in online education, not because we're moving a piece of knowledge online, but because we can create that interaction with the mentor and actually problem solve in real life the situation you're in right now. Absolutely. And I think there's even ways to mimic that in a, in a recorded sense. So something that we've done, we took the feedback from running over 40 people through our live course. And we part of the feedback from those trials were that the participants really loved the group feedback from having a live call each week. So what we've done with our DAPS online course is we've actually filmed it in a way where it's being taught to a group. So you see the group interaction and you see them talking through their questions and they represent different size practices, you know, that's, you know, specialise in different areas. So you get that, you can recreate in online um, in something that's re recorded that, live dynamic element that can be really engaging as opposed to having you know someone looking at you just presenting on screen or worse yet some dodgy slides with some audio underneath so I think we've really come a long way. Mm, absolutely and I think another way is also just to create like um, a community a forum or maybe a Facebook group where you allow for people to ask their own questions as they go along and um, and of course there's a lot of different ways to do that. Um, but it's not really to say that uh, the online environment takes away from that experience. It doesn't have to. And we would be surprised when we really look into ways in which we already get a lot of that interaction online just from social media. Uh, because a lot of times when, especially in this, also in the channel and in the architecture education series, I explore a lot the um, Sort of what do we do when we when we lose the culture of uh, studio, you know, studio culture and, and education within the studio? And a lot of architects are or people have this mentality that yeah, that's a great loss because we're losing that spontaneity of of learning experiences. But we are exposed to spontaneity of interactions every day through social media, and we we realize that so much learning and so much exchange happens there already. So there is ways in which you can connect the both basically um and it, like create a focused interaction around the topic that you teach or or around the project that people are dealing with um but also still maintain that kind of social exchange right which we see for example on social media so there's a lot of different elements to it i think but uh, all in all it definitely makes it possible and it's really great to see businesses like like yours uh, working also through all these methods to make make it more interactive and obviously more client-centered so well done for that and uh, I know that you're soon opening a new um, new course or a new recruitment for your program would you like to tell us a little bit more about that yeah absolutely as part of our drive to get architects who are practice leaders or owners 
engaging in greater business education, which has never been more important in 2021, uh, we have put together a, a free three-part mini course. It's called Unlocking Business Fundamentals in 2021, uh, and it's free. You can sign up on our homepage. Uh, it's three episodes. It runs for one week only, though, so it starts on Thursday, the 25th of Feb, so make sure you sign up before then, uh, and it won't be repeated. So in these three video episodes, you will learn how to attract the clients you want for the fees you want, how to streamline your operations in a way that will motivate you to show up each day, and how do we envisage a better future for you and your practice? So you can go to our homepage, archibiz.com.au, and uh, sign up for that series there. Amazing. Well, guys, you should definitely use that opportunity, especially that it's free and it's a really good uh, way to kind of catch momentum as well, to refocus on your business and, and business goals. So excellent. Thank you so much, Beck, for this opportunity and for coming on to the show and telling us a little bit more about your experiences and practice and also the great results you're achieving your clients. And all the best for your business, I guess. And thank you. Thanks, Sarah. Looking forward to watching more Talk Tanks. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Thank you guys also for tuning in. And uh, you can follow us on and subscribe to YouTube for more of these kind of videos. And also connect with Beck, I'm sure, on LinkedIn, archibiz.au, right? Yes, archibiz.com.au, that's right. .com.au. Okay, brilliant. Thank you, guys. Bye. Architecture Talk Tank has its own frequency. We're not a regular podcast, but we are here for you, always. If you have a suggestion for a guest, or have a story that others in this community can benefit from, please contact me via social media or email me directly at me at saracolada.com. To sign up for my newsletter, simply go to the website saracolada.com. I am on Instagram, YouTube and LinkedIn. You can find me by typing my name, Sarah Colada. Come say hi. I'm always excited when you reach out. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.